0: This podcast and the following message are brought to you by DealerBuilt. DealerBuilt provides a highly flexible enterprise-class dealer management system that enables leading auto dealerships to efficiently and effectively operate their unique business as well as optimize the customer experience. DealerBuilt partners with hundreds of dealerships and dealer groups, combining its innovative technology, real-world industry expertise, and extensive network of integration partners to provide a comprehensive DMS solution, complete with built-in consumer experience tools that ultimately delivers a competitive advantage for our dealership clients. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash dealerbuilt. That's www.autoconverse.com forward slash dealer belt. And by CallSource. CallSource exists to help automotive brands and dealers improve performance on the phone. CallSource has been tracking and analyzing calls for over 25 years, and they have the highest rate of reliability in the industry. CallSource is the only call tracking, processing, and marketing attribution solution who is here to improve your customer journey for every stage of your business. With CallSource, you can own every lead. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash CallSource. And thank you.
1: I think we're starting to see a real evolution of the uh, professionals in the auto industry that are, that are not... Um, the quote unquote car guy, they're the uh, analysts and they're the, they're the data miner. They're the uh, guys that follow the trends and, and are able to look at so many different variables when it comes to acquiring a vehicle.
2: I will tell you this, that, that, that I think most dealers today need to really start to look at that and create that discipline that they that they've traditionally had to get to a hard turn. You know, you can price it to keep it or price it to sell it, and some people still are under the impression that whatever they put out there at whatever number is, is going to sell, and that's just not the case.
3: Nobody's watching. Used car departments, for some inexplicable reason, are still being treated like as the building next door.
4: It's just like holding a stock. If you held a stock and you ever said, oh, I hope it goes back up, the minute you say hope, you're dead in the water. Same, same rings true for holding a car. If you say, oh, I hope I sell it next week, that car's done. You're already a loser.
0: And welcome to this episode of the AutoConverse podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies that influence how we are connected and the way we get around. I'm Ryan Girardi, and in this episode, we are focusing entirely on the used car business. In fact, this is a mashup of three different webcast panels that have been recorded over the last three months. Now, in this first segment, I'm joined by Aaron Gomez and Guy Campbell. Aaron runs a used car business in Texas, helping dealers acquire used vehicles, primarily from private party sellers off the street. He also helps consumers get into used vehicles now guy works for a company called market check which collects and catalogs vehicle data from the web guy joined us to show off a new report that his company is working on to reveal used car sales trends across the nation and by region
5: so right here i've got all of the cars and that does include like carmax or whatever but this that's only going to be including vehicles they sold in new york or whatever place we choose
0: yeah, and I meant to throw this in there. And Stu, when I asked you about the days on market, Adam, who's listening, just he he said the same thing. They just seem really high.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's it's the used. It's something that I'm going to have to go back through and just set some kind of limit to each one, so that the all of the all of the you know the one vehicle that just one guy kept on his lot for 200 days or something. That's what's messing up the days on market. So it's just not something I've gotten to yet on my kind of report that I'm building out on it. We, we have a, we call it a CRM cleanse where you can, you can take a dealer's, all their sold VINs that are in their CRM and search it to see if it's popped up anywhere else, including, uh, for sell by owner listings, um, and any other dealer listings. And what we're finding with the dealers that have, that have, you know, used this is that sending out mailers still to people who either traded in their car back to them or somewhere else and they don't even have the car anymore, you know, um, And you can get all those results back and even start calling to the people that didn't trade their car and find out why they maybe didn't come back to your dealership, you know?
0: The Mannheim Used Car Index uh, is reporting to have its first decline since uh, January of 2017, Uh, its first year over year decline. What does that mean from your standpoint? How does that affect you? and, And what kind of indicator is that for you?
1: Uh, it's kind of what I just said. I mean, some dealers are, are hurting. I mean, the, the ones that are hurting are, are slowing down. They've got, you know, they're in that situation where they've got a bubble of inventory that's at 60, 90, maybe even longer, depending on their age, um, inventory and what a typical dealer will do at that point, will try to move the inventory through Mannheim or various other, other auctions. And they're absolutely buried in these things. I mean, they bought it two or three months ago when the book was three or four grand higher. They put two to three to, I mean, sometimes even more in reconditioning costs in these things. So now they've got a situation where they've got to dump, let's say just on an average 10 to 20 cars at the end of that month. And each one of them is a, is a, Pot- potential three to $4,000 loss, if not more. Um, you know, I've seen it at auctions. I've, I've talked to dealers. Oh, you know, I'm losing 10 grand. Can you, can you give me, can you meet me halfway? And it's, you know, the, the savvy acquisitions expert, are not going to meet you halfway. I mean, there's, there's no way to get out of that vehicle other than to, you know, let it go. I mean, yeah. it, it, there, there's no way to recover that loss. And sure. if you, there's, there's various things that you can do in larger groups. You can move inventory to a different store. You can remarket it. Um, you can, you know, some dealers will trade inventory, you know, accordingly, um, which is kind of the concept of a larger group moving it to sell it within so they can, you know, compensate some of that recon cost. But for the the guys that don't belong in the large groups, um, You know, one car single point franchise, um, you know, very small groups, uh, independent, um, you know, outside of their market, the only way to get rid of that is, you know, the various methods that are afforded to us now, ACV um, that comes to your lot, which makes it a little bit easier, Mannheim, Americas, Odessa, but all of them are pretty close to the same until you've built your reputation and, you know, really kind of showed what your product is. I mean, selling on a wholesale market is just as tough as selling to a retail market. I mean, the cars have to be presentable. There's a marketing strategy that goes in, that's totally separate from retail and you need somebody to also manage that effectively. Um, I think, you know, a lot of the gurus out there are talking about pricing aggressively from day one, And once they start getting into that forty-day range, you know, and monitoring the VDPs, SRPs, adjusting the pricing, um, you know, a lot more people are starting to finally kind of figure out what that means, like, and try to minimize the margin compression that everybody has seen, and you know, since the internet, really.
0: Two weeks ago, uh, on my podcast, my guest uh, he, he came on because he had just purchased. Uh, used vehicle from okay. an out-of-state dealer. His right. criteria was stringent and, you know, he knew exactly what he wanted. It really narrowed down the selection for him. He found a dealer on eBay that uh, within about a week's time, he felt comfortable with going with an a all-electronic transaction. Uh, so he had the, the vehicle delivered to him, I think, from Florida to uh, up here okay. in, in Chicago. That's not an uncommon scenario, I presume, right?
1: No, um, but I think you start talking about a very niche market. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to fly for a you know 2013 Toyota Corolla. Um, I would venture to say whatever he bought was probably rare. Um, mm-hmm. And
0: and he was, didn't fly in this case; he had it delivered to him.
1: Well, even that, I mean, like just just like if you're going to an auction, and we're talking about fulfilling these analytics-driven acquisition strategies. If I went to an auction with a, a shopping list, per se, of, you know, F-150, Silverado, Dodger, the, the top five that were on the analytics for Texas. If I went there, and there were 10 other buyers that were doing the same thing that I was doing, they, they put their little shopping list together, they, they went to the auction, We're all looking for the top analytic-driven vehicles, Well, if all 10 of us are in a fight and all 10 of us bid at the same time, then that vehicle automatically increases in value a $1,000. Like it it just, that's the way it happens. That's the math. $100 a bid. If it's a $250 bid, then it's a $2,500 increase in value. And that just doesn't work. Um, But same on the consumer side. If he was looking for that, I don't know, 2006 Porsche 911 Carrera, you know, whatever it is, I I mean, I can go to an auction, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be there. And I can go to another auction and that doesn't mean that it's going to be there. I mean, dealers pull cars there all the time. So I think the consumer can actually look for what they're actually in the market to buy. I mean, I'm looking to buy an 85 Bronco. Yeah, I'm I'm probably flying out to get it. I mean, transportation is, is more effective. uh, Flights are cheap. People can shop online for flights. I mean, um, people can shop online for transportation too. So you know any one of those factors could make it worth a flight to go pick up a vehicle. If I saw a vehicle that I was really interested in in Florida, low miles, you know just met the criteria, then you know yeah, I mean I'd take the airport to and go pick it up.
0: Would you drive it back or transport it?
1: Uh, because I'm in the business, I probably wouldn't fly. I'd pr- I mean, I'd probably get some sort of condition report, um, evaluation, and I'd probably just have a transporter bring it to me. Sure. Like at, at some point, you kind of know enough about what you're buying that that it's not one. But as a retail customer, I can put myself in their in, in their shoes, and I can say, yeah, I mean, I I would. I have uh, flown to Florida and bought a vehicle, and I've driven it back. Um, you know, before I was ever in the business. So, um, I wouldn't do it again, but <laughs> I have done it. I think it starts at the dealership level and private party is absolutely crucial. But, um, I think that most dealers would agree that the trades are not what they used to be. There's a lot more competition for the private party. So where do dealers source great inventory? Um, they source it from their service drive and from their sales consultants. You know, that has to be part of your acquisition strategy is to get your store bought into acquisitions. Um, everybody in that store needs to acquire vehicles to sell vehicles. Um, not, it should not just be, you know, a buyer or a UCM's responsibility to go raise their hand at an auction um, Everybody in the store that's trying to sell cars should be asking for the referrals. Um, do they know anybody that's trying to sell their car? You know, do they have any friends that'd like to buy a car? These are all dealership processes to increase sales. And, and a lot of people have gotten away from that. But the more that you put out there that that's what your mission is or that's what your, your company objective is, is to buy great quality cars, the more quality cars you're going to buy. I can think of, many dealers off the top of my head that are that are struggling, that are hurting, that are, you know, wondering what's going wrong. <laughs> and they're look, they're looking at the numbers that you're you know that you're talking about and they're saying, you why know Why not me? Yeah, why not me? What, what's what's going on? You know, I've got a great buyer that's been working here for twenty years. Um you know in this business it's it's meritocracy. It's you know, it's not what you did twenty years ago. It's not what you did 10 years ago. It's what you did last week you know, like the acquisitions that you bought this morning are going to directly affect how your dealership is doing for the rest of the month. And the management of those vehicles after they get to your lot is definitely going to affect the success of your dealership. And, you know, it's dealership life has changed. I mean, sales consultants aren't working bell to bell seven days a week. Um, You know, dealerships are becoming more accommodating, So you're starting to see a a different type of manager. You know, you're not starting to see the the drill sergeant that's, uh, you know, you need to sell two cars today or you're fired. Um, There's a lot more. and, And that does exist. But I would say that those dealerships are probably not doing as well as the ones that are investing in training and process and analytics driven acquisitions. I think we're starting to see a real evolution of the professionals in the auto industry that are, that are not um, the quote unquote car guy. They're the uh, analysts and they're the, they're the data miner. They're the uh, guys that follow the trends and, and are able to look at, you know, everybody like talks about fair market value. I mean, they're looking at so many different variables when it comes to acquiring a vehicle, but it's not just acquisitions. It's also marketing and retail of that vehicle. It, it is not, Five years ago, it's not, you know, throw a Silverado on your lot and hope it sells.
0: Folks, it's a real privilege to get deep insights from industry experts like our guest today, and we're proud to be supported by Cuneo Advertising. Cuneo believes that accurate, relevant, actionable information is the foundation upon which successful marketing and advertising efforts are built. Our partnerships are based on trust, transparency, efficiency, and of course, Results, Cuneo Advertising, driving sales for automotive retailers for four decades. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash Cuneo. In this next segment, which was recorded just prior to the 2019 Christmas holiday season, we had Guy Campbell back on along with two new faces, Eric Milch, and Lori Foster, both of whom had just returned from Cherokee Media's annual Used Car Week. Eric is co-founder and director of marketing at Dealer Teamwork, a digital marketing firm for auto retailers, and he had a session there about dominating your used car market, inventory management, and building a competitive advantage, which are subjects that he is deeply familiar with from his years with Auction Direct USA
4: take Stu's information and and Guy's data and then combine that obviously with that, that approach that Lori's talking about. And the end, the net result is just simply a, a much more efficient and effective uh, marketing spend at the, at the tail end, every single, you know, all four of us can can literally create a linear path to uh, the success on this. And as, as you, as Stu pointed out earlier, with the, the, the impact of the, Inventory and the pricing elements and the pricing structure—you uh, know—it's its obviously going to be harder and harder for the dealers to, you know, to, you know, to try to you know, hit those margin targets that they need to for profitability. And that's what really I think is the underlying theme here. Because once you get you connect all four of our dots here, you've got the recipe for success. And I think it comes back back to again just consistency and accuracy in the leadership. And then the adoption of these new philosophies, that's where, that's where I'm seeing it personally, where a lot of people are struggling with that. But again, the point is more and more people are realizing this and they are in fact moving forward, but more people need to do that to be able to reach their targets.
0: Lori is founding partner of Foster Strategies Group, which works with auto retailers to overcome churn by helping to improve retention, increase revenue, and drive future performance. And Lori's session at Used Car Week focused on ways for used car managers to strengthen and succeed in today's disrupted marketplace.
3: Our used car departments are operating on instinct and intuition, when instead we should be using intentionality and impact. And then all of this data, so I used all of these I analogies for eyeways for these um, departments to be more successful. But I asked also that the dealers, as they're managing uh, these used car departments, to do it thoughtfully. Like, where were we and what worked then, and then now what, what tools do we have now and are they really equipping the people that need to make these decisions? Do they have the tools? Do they have the bandwidth the you know, the personnel to do it? Do they have teams in place to help? And so like looking at navigating that through, and I even asked the vendors in the audience to help support the used car managers in this quest for greater levels of success in a rapidly changing marketplace that's shifting right before our eyes and under our feet. So um, um, the message really resonated um, because we've got all these tools and then we have to ask ourselves, why aren't we seeing the increases in margin? Why are we seeing decreases in margin when we have more tools than ever? Why are we not seeing um, greater efficiencies when we have all of this? It's because we have to peel it all back. Without having the people all in the right place and getting measured for and helped with the right things, um, it it won't matter. So I'm just really appreciating hearing what everybody's bringing to the table, and I hope we can knit this together to something to lift those people who really deserve to um, experience the success. Plus, every one of us on this panel wins when our dealers win. (laughs)
0: Also on the panel with us that day was Stu Zalad from ACV Auctions. Stu joins us occasionally to opine on the used car business and update us on the latest auction trends.
2: I think that the other thing that's happened, and this is, this is very, very unique, and, and, and uh, it, it doesn't happen a lot, but it has happened right now. I read a statistic the other day that currently... Right now, there are the largest percentage of unsold, believe it or not, 2018 and 2019 models are still sitting in new car dealers' inventories. And because of that, there's going to be a severe downward pressure on the on the late model inventory that is in the auctions. Because if you know, when you throw all the incentives on those cars to get rid of them, I, I, I was with a dealer group yet, uh, earlier in the week and and this dealer group was showing me their, their matrix on V Auto of, 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 of what their time frame is and how fast inventory is moving. And, and when you get into the higher price stuff, the time frame, the time frame spread out dramatically in terms of profitability and also day supply. Here's the reason: a lot of the OEMs won't let, let dealers sell cars at below triple net, no matter where they are, unless they're in a used car inventory because they don't want to disrupt their. Their incentive schedule and and their their percentage of 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 uh, I don't know what the number is but 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 they just they want that car sold as a used car so the smart guys are taking those brand new cars, transferring them to a used car inventory, marking marking them down dramatically, and you're selling against a real used car, and that that's 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 going to be an issue for a while. I will tell you this that 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 I think most dealers today need to really start to look at that and create that discipline that they that they've traditionally had to get to a hard turn. Now that's going, you know, that's going to create a short-term probability of continued inventory availability. The question is, is it at the right price and is it at a price that somebody can sell? You know, you can price it to keep it or price it to sell it and some people still are under the impression that whatever they put out there at whatever number is going to sell, and that's just not the case.
4: It comes down to you know, again, just better acquisition management, um, better you know things like better recon process and cost management. That's going to set you up for a better pricing policy, which ultimately leads to uh, you know a much more efficient and effective marketing spend. So you can move these cars quicker. Hit your margin targets, as Stu said, and then, you know, and then ultimately, uh, you know, reduce your cost of advertising per vehicle sold. And I just, you know, that's, you know, that's the mindset it's got to be. You know, to go back to Lori's analogy, that ticker, it's just like holding a stock. If you held a stock and you ever said, "Oh, I hope it goes back up," the minute you say "hope," you're dead in the water. Same, same rings true for holding the car. If you say, "Oh, I hope I sell it next week," that car's done. You're already a loser.
0: Why do dealers let their their cars? Be on market so high is it because, as he says, they don't dated pay plans? Is it they don't want to take a loss?
3: Nobody's watching used car departments for some inexplicable reason are still being treated like as the building next door or like that's Bill over there and he like for some. I, I can't get my head around it because all the data is there. We have the impact that CarMax and Carvana have made. There, uh, that business is still not attended to the same way by the GM or the dealer that the new car department is. Same as then we see the trickle down. Like well, the service department, does it get as much attention? So you don't, if you don't make it inspect it, what do you expect you're going to get out of it? And so I think that um, t- applying overall strategies. Uh, that, that require not the monthly look back. So many of our meetings, and Ryan, i um, not sure if this is where you want to go with this, but this is what I honestly think. It's like so many of our meetings about what's happening are at best weekly and looking at what's been happening with the department. Even those who say they're doing daily meetings, they're not really hashing through what's going on at, or this would not be occurring. So most meetings are um, just uber historical, and instead, I really advise that we all take a look at micro trends that are current in real time what 's happening right now? I think the concern is we 've been so bullish on buy everything you can with all of the new players that are in the market right now gobbling up you know vehicles, use vehicles as they're available, yet um, we coach dealers to look at micro trends, not historical. 30 day ago trends, but like really what's happening right now? Like when you watch, and I choose the word bullish very carefully. When you're watching the stock market, the ticker tape running across the bottom, things are the value of commodities are changing moment, literally moment mm. to moment. And that's how we now have to watch our vehicle pricing um, on our used vehicle inventory, especially as Stu's talking about, especially as these inventories are just stacking and stacking up. We fly over them. Some of us on this call fly a lot. We fly over and we see you literally and <laughs> see the inventory when you know where you are. You can see these cars everywhere. So, um, And I'm sure others will collaborate, but um, don't be bullish as an overall strategy. Be bullish when it's time to be bullish and then apply the brakes when it's time to apply the brakes.
0: Now, in this final segment are highlights from my recent conversation with Jason Rice from Lot Pop. Jason also joins the panel frequently to look at used car volume trends and also talks about best practices and and tips and ideas that dealers can use to f- focus on being more efficient and more profitable. Here's Jason and I talking about used car sales volumes for 2019 which was another great year for used cars.
6: Well, these dealers tend to use an inventory management tool like a V auto or inventory, uh, you know, max digital uh, first look or dealer's link. We pull that data. So we see what they're carrying and, and selling and we pull that every week. Um, now we're more doing it daily, but we're watching those levels of the carry to sale rates. The biggest uh, difference though, with the swing was again with my dealer in Detroit that I've been trying to get them to nudge a little bit more on cars over the last six months is um it was the ROI. When we, when I showed him, I said, yeah, he goes, yeah, but I make more money on trucks. And I'll say, yeah, but look, you're making 1800 on trucks. That's only give you a 9% return, you know, cause the average truck dollars was 30 grand or whatever. I said, but look at cars, you're getting 15, 18% return on your dollars. I know you're only making 1100 on a car versus 18 on a truck. But when you percentage return on your investment, mm-hmm. you're, you're getting a bigger return on the car per dollar. Then the truck and you always outsold cars, you, whatever you carried, you always been able to sell that or more and in trucks over those trends. And this dealer, you know, uh, we're over a year worth of data so we can see that supply and, um, you know, him able to, we can look at last December and see the same patterns, you know, it wasn't yeah. like,
0: Oh, last year we, we sold a lot of trucks. So you got to look at what you sold and carried too. We, I did a webcast and I spoke with two different, uh, consumers, people that I had known that I reached out to that were willing to get on a, a live webcast and share their stories. And one of them, she's from Nashville, uh, is an active, she's actively searching for a vehicle right now. She's in a 2000 Camry. Think about that. She's in a 2000 Camry approaching 300,000 miles. So she's, she knows that the car is pretty much, you know, is it's pretty much on its way out. So, but she's not under, like she doesn't have to get a car right away. She's kind of got all the time in the world. She knows she wants to stick with Camry. She's got some very specific criteria that she, that she either does or does not want. And so I, I, I told her in the conversation, that's an uncommon buyer, not a, not a um, obsolete buyer, but you know, most people don't really know exactly what they're going for. Here's what I found fascinating. Um, she's not a millennial. I mean, she's, you know, I'm going to say mid to late forties. Okay. She'd at the time of her shopping, which started six months ago, was not familiar with auto trader, car gurus, cars, direct cars.com was not familiar with, with those four. She is now from shopping, from searching, Mm -hmm. but guess who she was familiar with?
6: Probably true car because of commercials. Carvana?
0: I, hmm. True Car didn't come up, but Carvana. She was Carvana. familiar with Carvana, and the thing that she associated with Carvana was that they'll, they'll ship you the car.
6: <laughs> oh, yeah. They're on TV all the time, too. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, I see, I see but true so, car advertising a lot, and I see Carvanas.
0: Yeah. But I mean, Cars.com's on Super Bowls, Auto Trader. Um, I see Car Guru's commercials all the time. I found that, I found that pretty fascinating that she was unfamiliar with these. I mean, who's not familiar with Auto Trader? Well, it
6: depends. I mean, she, has she owned this 20-year-old car from day one? and Or, I mean, is it a three-year-old car to her? Right. So, I mean, she hasn't shopped for a car for 20 years. Of course she yeah. hasn't. You know? And I
0: think the answer is she's had the car for 15 years. You know, there's lots of features out there now, like for augmented reality uh, you know test drives and virtual mm-hmm. test drives have you have you I played with any of those you i did. actually
6: did one in uh innovative dealer summit last year went or was it a year or two ago anyways they innovative dealer summit which is in denver they combine it with the auto show there so you get tickets to go in there and toyota had a virtual reality you sat in the Camry and you could look around and then it went for a drive and it showed you how it stopped and stuff like that if somebody comes in front of the car and it okay was
0: yeah. So you could sit and have a virtual experience, mm-hmm. but get Can the feeling—you could get the feeling time. of movement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with all the tech amenities being added to new cars today, it's jacking up the the initial MSRP of new cars. But the unintended consequence is the value of the car diminishes so quickly because the technology is changing so fast. Yeah. So right now, there's a big di- uh, disparity of price between new car and say three-year-old car three-year-old used cars but once that car comes off lease now the depreciation value is actually weighed it's actually having the inverse effect and it's and it's way down in your experience do you see something like that kind of biting us in the ass over the next two to three few years
6: Uh, you know i don't know i don't i don't know if it will i think the biggest impact was like navigation that used to pull two grand more on a car, you know, on Acura or whatever, we'd be, you know, talking to dealers, well, that's got nav, it's worth two grand more. And now with people with phone and Apple, Apple play and stuff like that, you don't even need nav anymore. Um, so, you know, you're, you got that balance, right? I mean, a car has nav. Well, it's not worth that anymore only because of not that nav has gotten better and that's an outdated nav. You know, even the GM products had the disc that you had to put in and they weren't updated It was a pain. Um, but I mean, forever, everything, it, it, that's why they have new models. There's new technology forever, analog brakes to, you know, blink, blinkers in the mirrors to, you know, heads up display to wind, automatic windshield wipers, you know, th- that techno- technology updates have always been in cars. Um cars. But the more and more computer that they get, you know, mm-hmm. I get it. Um, but I think it's something that there's only so much you can do in a car as far as, you, you know. You, until they drive us around automatically i mean it's not like a computer we're relying on it to upload photos and videos and all this at a timely manner to get work done it's you get in a car you listen to music or a book and need a, a navigation system um so i mean all but the crash test all that other stuff like i said that all that stuff is always been there. It's always been there. It's always been there. There's apps out there that you can do digital retail and they can do all the paperwork online, you know, as, far, as long as your state laws, whatever. But you can do everything that Carvana does. You can do a seven day return. You can do sign on seed mm-hmm. trades if you want, because there's a guaranteed trade and value tools like trade and marketplace and all that. Everything that Carvana does, you can do. The biggest difference is your people your people. And, you know, it's so crazy. You go to these dealers about us page and there's nobody, no staff or crappy photos or just names, no contact information. It's just, I understand, you know, you get into there two concerns. I know dealers have one turnover, but to me, if you invest in your people and proud of them, put them on your site and promote them, then maybe they wouldn't turn Stick over
4: around uh,
6: to uh, uh, the guys. Well, you know, I had my mechanics on my site and the guy down the street poached them and took my mechanics and now I got, I don't have any mechanics. It's like, well, again, you, if you took care you know, I, not to blame the dealer saying he's not taking care of them. But again, I don't know. You know, I, I I'm not going to fear what the guy down the street's doing. I'm not worried about what the guy down the street is going to take care of my people and my cars or whatever, my lot. But yeah, you can do everything, but the caravan does the biggest thing. Like you says, the people, and people want to deal with people.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this special used car edition of the auto converse podcast. If you'd like to participate in these monthly discussions, either as an attendee or panelist, head over to autoconversion.net and look for used car marketing under the webcast tab in the menu bar. The used car marketing webcast panel is one of six different such programs that we conduct each month as part of the auto retail marketing webcast series. You'll see a complete list of them under the same webcast menu on the site. Each requires its own one-time registration And once you are registered with that program, then you're automatically invited to participate in each upcoming session within that program. You may sign up for any of the six or just the one. There's no cost or obligation to attend or to participate. Uh, It's just a program that we run uh, to get people together and talk about the automotive business in this way. I'm Ryan Girardi. And until next time, make it a fantastic day.